Welcome to the Degenerates Clubhouse, a place for less than distinguished gentlemen to discuss nonsense and fuck all tomfoolery. With your hosts Aaron and Armando. Honestly, who's going to listen to this? What a couple of stupid fucking cunts. Lift off. Ground control to Major Tom. Copyright infringements will be long. <laughs> But that, we're, we're not making money off this podcast, so we can't get in trouble, can we? No, and I, I didn't upload the last like two or three to YouTube, so we're fine. Oh, all right. Well, YouTube will flag that even if... <laughs> they will. They don't give a shit. They will crush the small and the weak without remorse. I thought that only was worked if you were like trying to monetize, like make money off of it, like sell nope. advertisements. Or... No, they don't want any copyrighted material up there. So, for example, if uh, you wanted to find... Uh, a knockout from a UFC event that you happened to miss because one of your friend's stream went down for, you know, whatever, just hypothetically, <laughs> and you tried to find it on YouTube, you'd have to find one where they really altered, like, the video, maybe made it black and white, and probably put an alternate backing track because even if it was not monetized, YouTube will yank that quick fast. Hmm. In that hypothetical scenario. Got that it. Never happened. So welcome to uh, Degenerate's... Uh, Clubhouse episode number 38. We just came back from having a huge lunch of Indian food in Belmar, which is about a mile and a half from us here. And the food was delicious. But uh, I think Aaron and I both had a little bit, suffered a little bit of a food coma. Had to, had to go get a little uh, energy drink. We went to Whole Foods. I got myself a nitro cold brew coffee. So uh, our energy might be a little funky but work with us, play with us, listen to us, ramble on about random shit. Dude, I'm feeling better. I don't know. Compared to last week, I was super out of it. Last week, we just stood there like staring at the blank wall for 20 minutes, and I was finally like, fuck it, let's do this. Today, I'm not, I'm not food coma. I'm food drunk. I, I've been singing weird little like two-line songs for the last 10 minutes, getting in that headspace. It, it didn't help my energy last week that uh, I was like, I woke up <clears throat> early and then played video games for several hours, and then I'm like... And then Aaron pops the whole <laughs> white people trivia thing on me. Like, talk about shifting in energy. And I just was not prepared. But this time, food in our belly, a little uh, energy drink. I'm feeling a little bit better. Wait, thank God. I, I got worried because you had a strange pause. You're like, and Aaron pops the whole pause. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> what did I do? What the fuck? <laughs> okay, the whole white people trivia. I got it, right? Um, on the next episode. <laughs> yeah. I, I We, we learned. I, we talked about it afterwards. I'm like, you know what? One, I have to always give Mondo heads up. I, I can roll with and enjoy having things sprung on me. Like, I have a whole segment where he springs something on me in new on Netflix where I don't know what the topic or the show is going to be. I'm going to make stuff up. And I was like, and you know what? When I try something new, I always need to make it shorter. I always have a tendency. I'm like, you know what? Let We're doing something brand new. Let's just do it in a bunch of different ways. And we're going to make it 10 questions. I'm like, yeah, that should have been... Half as long and giving them a heads up. And you know what? You live, you learn, and you make a Degenerates Clubhouse a little bit better each time, and you learn from your mistakes. So we were in Belmar. Like I was saying a little bit earlier, we were having lunch. And, uh, you know, Belmar is kind of open, but, you know, you still have to wear masks and all that shit because of Corona and COVID and stuff. And uh, Aaron and I decided to have lunch outdoors, you know, get some vitamin D in us. And it was it was nice out. It's 70-ish degrees and in, in Colorado, so it felt nice to be outside. But apparently, um, in the state of Florida, there's a, uh, a gentleman that was uh, selling a product as a COVID cure um, to the general masses, 
Florida man and three sons indicted, accused of selling bleach as a COVID cure. A family accused of selling a toxic industrial bleach as a coronavirus cure through their Florida-based church has been indicted on federal charges. A federal, gra- a federal grand jury in Miami returned an indictment Thursday charging Mark Grennan, 62, and his sons, Jonathan, 34, Jordan, 26, and Joseph, 32, with one count each of conspiracy to commit fraud and two counts each of criminal contempt, according to court records. They face possible life sentences if convicted. Do you think he had a sermon about the bleach? He's like, (laughs) come, my fellow Floridians. This is bleach from Jesus. This is bleach that will cure your ills and will stomp out plagues. Did did they have to eat it? You take take this bleach into your body for it is my cure for COVID. Like, I'm, I'm imagining he was trying to go like southern sort of fire and brimstone and this this was this was his instrument of god slash clorox if it hasn't been made quite clear yet as i'm uh, rereading the article here um mark grennan is the archbishop of the genesis 2 church of health that's why jaffe was doing the whole uh preacher thing genesis 2 church of health and healing based in bradenton florida the church sells chlorine uh dioxide as a miracle mineral solution officials said the Grennans claim the solution can cure a vast variety of illness, ranging from cancer to autism to, ma- to malaria to COVID-19. A Miami federal judge last April ordered the church to stop selling the substance, but the order was ignored. When ingested, the solution sold by the Grennans becomes a bleach that is typically used for such things as treating textiles, industrial water, pulp and paper, according to the FDA. Authorities said ingesting these products in the same, is the same as drinking bleach and can be fatal... Uh, blah blah blah. Something about the attorneys. <laughs> it, when I thought of that, when I when you told me we were doing this story, I kind of thought of the whole Trump thing. Wasn't wasn't like Trump trying to like pass off like, hey, you guys should. They they were making Trump go to these briefing meetings, right, where there's scientists, there's experts, and I can tell he was like, uh, you know, like the kid in class with ADD who was only hearing like little bits and pieces. So someone said, oh, bleach can kill you know can kill covid but they were talking about like on a table they're like yeah if there's if someone coughs on a table and then you wipe the table with bleach it kills covid and trump was like oh i figured something out that no one ever did in the whole wide world what if we put the bleach inside of people so like he's just freaking uh freestyling at this press conference up there by himself (laughs) starts talking about you know looking over to to uh what was it? Her Dr. Burks, who was his, his advisor at the time, she didn't disagree with him as much as the other one. And he's like, yeah, and, and we've, I heard that bleach kills it. So maybe we could do something where we put bleach inside the body, maybe with an injection. <laughs> right. Could we do that? And and she's like, oh, good Lord, uh, we'll look into it. Uh, and the other part, and then he also wanted to try using UV light, which that one, I think there actually was some validity to it. But the, the the process of putting UV light in people's internal organs was probably a little bit too difficult. So yeah, that that did come from a real thing that Trump said. It um. So I was uh right now as you're talking, I was trying to find like the actual website to this Genesis Two Church, what have you. Mm-hmm. And I get because it's on a HTTPS, a secure whatever. Uh, my uh, my browser is not letting me get to the website unless I'm willing to risk uh you know. P- potential malware or whatever like <laughs> so i'm like hmm, yeah i don't want to try that i don't want this church to have like my 
my private information and stuff. Next thing I, next thing you know, I start getting like sent boxes of bleach. Uh, via like UPS to my house or some nonsense. It's not, it wouldn't mean that. We're like, Armando, thank you for being a level seven member of the Church of Healing. Your <laughs> your your $5,000 donation yeah, right? secures your place in heaven. And you're just like, wait, what? <laughs> what the fuck? Have you seen uh, that show, uh, The Righteous Gemstones? I have not. You not? Um, I don't, you know, we're going to do new on Netflix later and it's not going to be uh, Righteous Gemstones, but I just, uh, Who's the fucking uh, Danny McBride is in it? Um, it's got a co- it's got a pretty good cast. Okay. Um, Adam uh, Adam Devine, the guy from uh, yeah whatever that show the uh, the Stoner show, he's in it. So it's good. good. Workaholics. Workaholics and sure. And he was also oh now I forgot the name of Pitch Perfect. He was in the, oh, I think yeah. the second Pitch Perfect. Yeah, I like his. Character. He's got an angelic singing voice. Yeah. Uh, anyway, good cast, and it's basically loosely based on like these like Southern kind of preachers and and you know all the mischief they they, you know, they they try to raise money and it's just it's funny it's only got one season in it but uh yeah these guys a family of motherfuckers selling bleach to their uh to their congregation that's um yeah it kind of it kind of reminds me of uh of uh like drinking kool-aid and killing your your following kind of not good not bueno um i kind of wish there was pictures of these guys though i was trying to that's what i was trying to find ultimately by clicking on their church's website to see what these uh these these floridians look like these superheroes silky white really well like manicured uh you know hair not manicured like really really well um cut hair you know and then just a face of like stone that looks like he's been doing meth since he was a toddler that's my guess Probably. You're pretty spot on. You, you actually kind of sort of loosely described some of the Righteous Gemstones characters, by the way. Um, but yeah, uh, that was uh, that was this week in Florida, man. Don't drink bleach. It's not good for you. It doesn't cure corona. I mean, it will it, it will cure it. It will kill the corona, uh, and you will not have to worry about corona anymore because you, you'll be dead. Yeah. But it, it will have killed it in your body if, if you could get it, if you could get the bleach... Into your lungs, it would kill it. So, like, technically, in a way, there were be kind of accessories to murder. Sure. In a way. Um, speaking of ingesting things in your body, okay. I guess that's not. That's, I, that's I'm, I'm just thoroughly amused by Armando's segments, like his, uh, his transitions <laughs> right now, his segues. Yeah. That's what I was trying to I'm, say. I, I'm trying. I'm not the most kind of creative with that kind of stuff, but. You're doing, you're doing well. Like you're, 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 you're making them happy and I'm entertained by them. So just like, <laughs> keep it up. Keep experimenting. You so, do you. So, so Aaron, uh, question on Ask Reddit. If, if you could upgrade one organ in your body, what would it be and why? Yeah, I mean that's that's too easy, right? Like, so first of all, <laughs> I'm like, I read that and I'm like, oh come on! I mean, this this is asking; it is begging for a dick joke. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. But I mean, I feel like that would be a wasted, uh, you know, that would be that would be a wasted opportunity, right? Because it's like, you know, Usain Bolt. If you could upgrade like one appendage, what would you do? And he's not going to upgrade his legs. Like he's Usain Bolt, so. We're not gonna we're not gonna waste it on oh, the dick. So you're saying so you're saying your members already kind of uh, there's no there's no need for an upgrade on your members. What you're trying to say? I think so. I mean, <laughs> I think I think there there would be other organs that would be uh, more in need. That's all I'm Got saying. It. So so what would it be for you? I, I'm gonna can I guess? I would say it'd be something to do with your hip and or neck. 
What's well, on an organ? I like oh, if I okay. so if I could, if I could up, if I could just upgrade my hip and get like a biological hip or, or neck or not biological bionic. That's what yeah. I was trying to say. Um, yeah, hundred percent. That would be easy, but that's yeah. That is not okay, an, organ. an organ. I believe I believe technically the phallus is an <laughs> organ. Uh-huh. Uh, the epidermis is also. Oh, actually, that's a really good one. I never thought about that. Because I was going to say, like, brain or heart. I mean, those are, like, two major ones. Right now, my brain and my heart are okay. But if we could get super upgrades, like, you might be able to live forever. But you know what? That's one I really never thought about. Like, your skin. Our skin is actually really fragile, but it's, like, our our barrier to everything. Yeah. So, if you could get, like, super tough. So, first of all, you could become, like, uh, what's his name? Luke Cage. Like Superman, like bulletproof. Yeah, skin. that was that was the Luke Luke Cage, a lesser known Marvel hero. Um, also, a show on Netflix. The first season, pretty good. Uh, he had bulletproof skin. So, so one, I'd want bulletproof skin. But in terms of like, you know, a first pr- uh, protection level to like bacteria and diseases and all that, like your skin is your first line of defense. So, if you could get bulletproof skin, that was also. Uh, able to shield you better from UV rays. You wouldn't have to get skin cancer. You wouldn't get sick. You would like, you know what? So I never thought about that. And I, and I was just making kind of a joke because I know that uh, from my, my important time in seventh grade biology, that your epidermis, AKA your skin is an organ. But then I, I was like, Oh right, that is actually a really, really important org- organ. So I'm, you know what? I'm going to go with my skin. I'm going to be, I'm going to be bulletproof. And uh, I'm going to be impervious to, to skin cancer and all sorts of diseases because my skin is getting an upgrade. Um, mine, Mine's a little different. So mine would be, well, what would it be? Is your stomach? Yeah, your stomach's an organ. I guess that would be mm-hmm. it. But, but it would be kind of an upgrade on the entire uh, digestive system, digestion system. That way, uh, it, it'd, be, it'd be upgraded to the point where, like, I can eat just about anything and then, like, not get fatter and... You know, obviously the food would process a lot easier and I can eat like chili cheese fries and all that shit and, and still like be, you know, healthy and not like mm-hmm. fat and out of shape and all that. So that's, that's what I would upgrade. Um, Wait, so, so just a quick question. You know, since we're really radically changing the setup of your digestive system, could the rectum be in a different place? Could the rectum, would I? But, ah. Could you move it? Like what if what if there was like a little hole that just opened up in the palm of your hand and you just fired out? So it'd be like so you'd be like Iron Man, but you're shooting shit out of your palm. Of yeah, your hand? yeah, yeah. I, I I get bulletproof skin. You get a hand based poo cannon. Mm. I think I would. <laughs> what did you say? I think I would if I could put if I if I could put my 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 b hole anywhere else in my body. I think I'd put it like, um, like like maybe in my my like by the bottom of my soles of my feet. That way, if I ever have to fart, I could just kind of like kick it, like kick the <laughs> fart away, or like if I got to take a shit, That's, I could, you know. That is a lot of plumbing to run, yeah, for sure. But you know what? I mean, this 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 is this is a futuristic world where we have all kinds of advanced uh, polycarbonates and alloys and everything. So we could we could we could do whatever we want. People, stop trying to get all scientific on us. Yeah. Um, some of the other answers on Ask Reddit for what they would upgrade. Uh, on their body would be uh, well, one of the popular ones was was their brain, my brain. Um, someone else followed up with uh, having one that doesn't have depression would be nice. If I'm going to go with brain, I would want one that could like compute, su- like super compute things faster. So like your brain would be like a super cool organic supercomputer. You know, and it's funny. I thought about that, and I but I feel like our our 
our gut as well, to be honest, because there's all this information that our, our gut has such a big role in our emotions and, and the way we act and our moods. But I think more than any other organ, our brain is such a huge part of who we are. And I feel like if you upgraded it, I'm like, are you still even the same person if you've got like a new brain, basically? So I I don't know. Just because if you still have the same memories, I wouldn't want to drastically change who I am. Faults and all, I'll, 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 I'll keep my faults and my brain the way it is. I don't know. I would... I. I would, I would still, I, you know, I would want to improve like the memory function and stuff like that. Like, so I wouldn't bring for. So, so you want to be Bradley Cooper in, um, what was that movie he, where he he could take a pill and he's suddenly like way smarter? I don't know what movie that is, but sh- I guess yeah. Maybe. Oh, you never saw? It seems like that movie would be right up your alley. About a guy taking a pill and being smarter. Yeah, I'll look it up. Are you trying to say I'm dumb and I need a pill? No, I mean that's what you were just saying. Oh, okay. Um. Some other answers to you listeners. Do you see how I did that? You know, you know why I could do that. Don't don't worry. Don't don't don't, don't tell them. Continue. What did the, what were the other some, answers? Some of the other answers on Ask Reddit. Uh, eyes because they're absolute dog shit. If I were to take off my glasses, I wouldn't see a thing. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, I don't, you know, it'd be nice to. Would you, if you could upgrade your eyes, would you want like X-ray vision and shit like that, like in the the movies? Would you want to be able to see like through walls and stuff, like Superman? You know. Yeah, you know what? Because if you could do that, you could cheat at poker so oh, easy. Yeah. You never have to worry. I mean, and, and no, no, you know, if you're playing your friends, you, unless you really are getting irritated, you don't cheat. But you're like, you know what? I want to go to Vegas, have a nice vacation. I'm just going to hit up this poker tournament real quick. I'm going to win because I can see through the cards. And uh, you know what? Drinks drinks are on me, amigos, for the, <laughs> the rest of the weekend because of my x-ray vision. Plus, you know what? For me personally, I have dry eyes, and it's really irritating. I don't wear contacts at all anymore, so that would be nice to not to have to deal with. Uh, another answer on uh, Reddit: My skin. See, they were thinking like you were Aaron. Uh, I have psoriasis and eczema. I would like those things to stop happening. The ro- I can't say this word. The rosacea. R- rosacea. Sure, the rosacea situation can also stop. Um, last last answer. I'll read. The appendix, make it do something. (laughs) (laughs) That's the dumbest one. Fucking useless organ. That was was funny. And by the way, the movie with Bradley Cooper that I was referencing is called Limitless. Limitless? Yeah, that one, uh, I just, I don't think I've ever heard of it. I think think you'd like it. 69% fresh. And Rotten Tomatoes. I don't ever... Rotten Tomatoes and me aren't friends. 69% fresh, Armando. That's a number that's equated with the sex. I can oh, get no. it. <laughs> no, but I enjoyed it. I had I, it was you know there was perhaps some sort of uh, logic errors in that movie, but it was fun. I liked it. I recommend it. That, that that's a movie that I just I don't even remember when the hell it was released. I like Bradley Cooper, but I just I never I don't think it ever reached my radar, and I I I don't know. There was one Bradley movie I wanted to watch that was like about cooking. I think it was called like Burnt or Burn or Interesting. something. But it was kind of like a rom-com, so I never really got around to watching it. I just wanted to watch it because it was Bradley Cooper mm-hmm. and because it was cooking. I like cooking movies. Okay. I love Chef with uh, John Favreau. Have you seen that movie? No. Chef? Oh, dude, it's fucking awesome. He's uh, he's married well, to... Well, let me guess. Is he a chef? He's a chef. Oh. Um, he's married to Sophia... Don't, I don't need no brain upgrades. <laughs> He's married to Sofia Vergara, so he's like got an ex, or he he's he's split up with her, but they have a kid. Anyways, him and the kid go on a road trip, 
in like a you know Cuban uh, a food truck that sells Cuban food, and then uh, John Leguizamo is like his sidekick cook. It's it's a fucking funny. I love that movie. One of my favorite uh, cooking ish movies. But also speaking of movies, ask Reddit question number two for the week. People who don't cry during a movie, what movie made you cry and why? You want me to go first? Sure. I'm not gonna go with a movie. Like I can't remember a movie that I've cried at. I do remember being 16 at the movie theater down at, down at the Jersey Shore. Where I grew up, you don't say at the Jersey Shore. You say down the shore. Mm. Down the shore. Were you were you friends with Snooky? No, because she was probably like seven at that point. Because mm. um, she's, I think she's. You know what? It's hard to tell. I don't know how Gremlins age. So yeah. <laughs> if Gremlin years are the same as human years, I don't know. But um, oh, that's that's mean. She's not a Gremlin. I think it's more of like a like a lesser troll. But um, huh. I remember being at the, the the movies with my friend Fred, a couple acquaintances of, of his from Sea Isle City in New Jersey, and this girl Kara, and we were watching Armageddon. You remember that that movie? When I close my eyes. Liv Tyler's so cute. When I close my eyes and Bruce Willis dies. I don't want to fall asleep because I miss you, baby. And like Karis, this girl Karis starts like crying when Bruce Willis dies in that movie. Spoiler alert from 2001 or whatever the fuck that was. Uh, It wasn't even, you know what? That was probably like 90s. That would have been like 96 or 97. Yeah. And I'm, I'm I'm just like I'm like what are you doing? <laughs> She's like it's sad, it's sad. I'm like yeah, but like you realize this is like not particularly well written, and they're just trying to manipulate you. And there's like five things he could have done where he, this him sacrificing himself doesn't make any sense anyway. So like I I could be a notoriously uh, sort of jaded person when it comes to movies. And the one that got me this is another more recent spoiler alert. And if you don't know this one, well, it's, uh, that's on you. Was I was I was having a, a bad mental health day. I just uh, you know not not trying to get into it, but when you're having a bad mental health day, what you do not do is binge season two of Game of Thrones late at night. <laughs> like, I'm trying to think what what happens in the season. Like what do you remember exactly what happened in season two that made you? All... It's a nice day for a red wedding. Is that season two? I thought that was like three or four. I was two, I believe. Oh, pretty sure. Maybe you're right. And, I don't know. And like. So not to go through the whole plot of Game of Thrones, but like, I, you know, I probably watched seven episodes in a row and it's like three, four in the morning and I get to, <laughs> I get to the, the sort of uh, probably most com- controversial episode in some ways of the whole show where like, you know, the hero looks like he's going to be triumphant and like, this is the celebration. You're at the end of the, every other show, this would have been, yay, we did it. Like, Great. And we should have known better from Game of Thrones season one, where the first protagonist gets his head chopped off, and I'm watching it, and then this whole wedding party gets slaughtered. Yeah. And I remember I just had such a reaction where I'm like, I'm like, fuck, like life isn't fair, like shit doesn't work <laughs> out, like it's bad. And I was like, I was so irate, like I actually I was, uh, I had my I was in a, an apartment at that point, and but my parents were like lived 15 minutes away and like i'm like just irate like i drove to their their house because my uh my dog finn was there and i'm like i'm like 
just like crying like I get to like no I can't like things don't work out it's terrible like sometimes you do everything right and you still get your head chopped off at a wedding and you're killed by this <laughs> fucking old man who looks like a and then like like I just remember Finn was like what the f-? he was still a puppy he was like one year old he's like what the fuck is going on like what's wrong with you he's just like licking my face like crazy like maybe if I lick him he'll stop doing whatever he's doing and uh that was it wasn't even like like oh like a tear like rolled down my cheek and I, as i stoically stared no <laughs> i was bawling like irate and it you know it wasn't it was not completely because of the show it's because it triggered some emotions that were bottled up about other things but you know what makes that you got me you know what makes that scene at least for me like way more powerful too is the the song the reigns of castamere mm. like the you know, the, the wedding party's all kind of celebrating. They're all having a good time. And then, lo and behold, like, some of the uh, the um, uh, the band starts playing Reigns of Castamere on whatever violins or violoncellos or whatever those are called. So you hear the... I'm, I'm sorry, what was that What was that second instrument you said? I don't know, violoncello, violoncello, something like that. What are those called? I, I don't know, there, there's cellos. There's actually a violoncello or violoncello. Or Interesting. I, I don't know. I what, didn't know that was an instrument. Yeah, there's a lot of those... Uh, stringed ones that are kind of goofy. That song "Rains of Castamere." Apparently, like if you if you follow along the whole Lannister uh, storyline, like that's how notoriously like they play that song when they're about to do some fucked up shit. So you know, it plays in the it plays in the obviously they're in the 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 the, the phrase castle. So it was unexpected to hear a Lannister song being played because it's, it's mm. like I said, it's got notorious. Um, reputation for being like uh oh notorious like that kinda um but dude I love that song if you ever if you ever want to look up a, a, a good version of it look up uh, I think the group is called The National and they do a version of the Reigns of Castamere that it's like it's like haunting and it's beautiful and it's I love it. I love it. My movie I went so Aaron and I went on a hike. Can I guess? No you know it. Oh, I do? We talked about this. Okay. Yeah, so Saturday, Aaron and I went up to Red Rocks. We, we went on a little hike. Um, we didn't really hike Red Rocks, per se, because the fucking park was all closed and muddy and trails was all screwy. But we went somewhere else. We, we did get to see those absolute maniacs doing, like, plyos and running. So do you, you want to just, because this was your first time seeing it, do you want to explain what the Red Rocks Amphitheater is to listeners? Um, It's basically, like, some... Super ginormous rock formations that are jutted out of the ground at like an awkward angle, and they built like a basically a, a theater, an amphitheater around in and around the the structure. Um, but it's like it's a very good contrast of like taking, I guess, natural beauty, and then they added all this like structure and architecture. There's like there's like a, a you know, I guess a stone or, or, or some kind of concrete type of like amphitheater setting. Mm-hmm. Um, they got like, like, like a, what are those called? Like bars and, and little nooks where they set up all these like concession stands and bathrooms and shit. Well, and the seats that you're, you're sitting into are, are not sitting into you. The seats that you're sitting on are wooden, but like the steps and everything are actually just carved into the rock. Yeah. Which is pretty crazy. And it's just, it, I, I've only seen, I, I've not, I've not been there for a show uh, yet, knock on wood, I'm gonna make make a point of it to do that. In fact, Aaron and I talked about going to watch Bill Burr um, at it. I think he's out there in September and October, so that might be one I want to check out. But but apparently, like the acoustics are very 
awesome there because of the natural formation of it all. Um, in addition to it, it's just very pretty and scenic to look at. I, I saw, um, uh, I have a concert series thing of, I think it's Incubus, and Incubus played a show at Red Rocks, and it's just like, you can tell how fucking badass it is to be in that uh, that environment, that ambiance, that open air, you know. The, the only thing that I can kind of compare it to that I've actually been to and at my, actually there's two things. Uh, the Greek amphitheater in LA, which is a, an open air, air theater, but it's just not quite as pretty. But there, you know, there's trees and other shit around the amphitheater formation. And then the other one was the uh, Henry Ford Theater, um, also in LA. And it's, it's, it's a third the size of, uh, maybe half the size of the, uh, the Red Rocks, but it's the same. It's where they, they built this amphitheater in like the, the structure of the natural mountain formation thingy and, and acoustics are really trippy. And, uh, you know, you just being in the, being, being in that open air is just uh, really relaxing and calming. Um, so the movie, we went off way too crazy while we were on that hike, you and I, um, I told you about how, uh, we were talking about like uh, Judaism and Jews and all this stuff, and and I told you how like I got drunk a couple couple yes. weeks back, or not a couple weeks back, but several months back. I was doing a bit of drinking. I was watching Schindler's List, and I was like bawling at the very end of it. I was like, "Fucking Nazis! You killed all these Jews, you assholes!" And it's you know it's 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 a bummer movie, but alcohol did not help. Um, but yeah, I was crying. That was that's probably like the last movie I watched at. Uh, I, I bawled uncontrollably. What, what was the, like, that got you? Was it like a particular part from the film or just the idea like, oh, there's just millions of people that just dead all of a sudden? It, it was that, it was the, I guess the closing scene where they have like the actual living relatives of um, survivors of, of these, these concentration camps that were like, you know, they were leaving, oh, they were, they were leaving stones on the, I guess you would call it the, the mausoleum of uh, of uh, of Schindler. You know, mm-hmm. remember that scene where they're like, like eat, there's like a family, like a real life family member, like leaving a little stone, and they take. There's like a line of these people, and they're all leaving one stone on top of a, a, a Schindler's um, gravestone area. And I was like, like yeah, that was a uh, yeah. I, I you know he's he's a hero in his own right, and and I, I know there was other people that have done similar acts of kindness to help people uh, make it through that ordeal. But uh, yeah, that was the scene where I was like, oh shit, they're, you know, such a good dude and I wish there was more of them. And yeah, so the fact that, uh, it, you know, it was, a, it was a horrible period of history for sure. All these people dying, a lot of people dying. Just to put it in perspective, so th- there are two numbers that get thrown out. There was six million uh, Jews w- were killed and then, I think now historians think it was closer to 11 million. Mm-hmm. I think they might have been counting people who, like, they might have been, because it wasn't just Jews. They were, like, gypsies. Mm-hmm. They got killed. But the amount of people, you know, killed um, for for ethnic cleansing, and that's what it was. They were trying to maintain the what they thought was the master race. It would be like the entire state of Ohio. Everyone in it was just murdered. Well, we, I don't know much about Ohio, but maybe we... <laughs> No, <laughs> come on. So, so if it was, I don't, I don't think there's any state that we want everyone just suddenly murdered. And if it, if if there was a state, it would probably be like Kentucky. I don't know any Kentuckians, so I can't. Nah, I've been to. You know what? I take that back. I've been to Kentucky, and 
which city was I in Kentucky? Where I'm like, this is a cool city. I could live here. It wouldn't be Florida. I don't. I don't think you could holocaust. It's like you know that whole <laughs> thing about how like cockroaches can survive oh, a nuclear blast. Like yeah. I don't think it would work. Florida, and that's the other part. There's some of the states where like they're like, this is what we've been training for. We're ready. <laughs> like we got our underground bunkers and arsenals and everything. So I don't. I don't know if you you could kill the Floridians quite like that. I don't think it would work. Did you hear that, degenerates? Aaron just compared Floridians as cockroaches. Oh, you you heard me, and that was intentional. <laughs> I thought about what I was about to say, and I'm like, yep, if the metaphor fits, Floridians are cockroaches. <laughs> Let me uh, pull up some of the answers to that on Ask Reddit. Someone answered Grave of the Fireflies. Watch it. I can't rank, recommend it enough. Never heard of it. Never heard of it as well. Uh, let's keep moving on. Lilo and Stitch. When Stitch sees the family of ducklings and then says, I'm lost. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I didn't have an emotional tie to Lilo and Stitch. I don't know how old this person was. Maybe they were like 12, and that's why they cried to Lilo and Stitch. I don't know. The Green Mile. Heartbreaking. Loved to, loved to hate Sam Rockwell. R.I.P. Michael Clark Duncan. Mm, okay. Sam Rockwell's a good actor. Oh, yeah. I, I, he's great. Have you ever seen... Oh. What was it called? Was it Moon? It's like where he's an astronaut. It's it's like he's the only character practically in the whole thing. I'll look it up. You continue your list. I have not seen it, but I, I just watched Galaxy Quest earlier in the week, and he's I like his character in that guy, guy, whatever his last name is. Oh look, my wait, wait, I'm the plucky comic relief. <laughs> yeah, Sam Rockwell is excellent. He's like he's like smiling, and then uh, uh, they ask like, like, why why are you so happy about? It? He's like, I'm just jazzed to be here, man. I I recommend Moon by Sam Rockwell. It's it is a weird movie, uh, for sure, but it's it's a little bit of a psychological thriller, a little bit sci-fi, and it's it, there's multiple characters, but it's it's basically just Sam Rockwell doing everything in that movie. My movie made it on the list from somebody else. Somebody else said Schindler's List on on Ask Reddit, so you know I was right on. Nineteen seventeen. Uh, that's another answer. I don't know. That's apparently that's a movie. Okay, from the famous War of nineteen seventeen. Is that what it, I don't? No. Even, I don't even know what that is. Uh, let's see here. Another good answer. The Pianist. That was an okay one. I don't know. Never saw it. Kind of, sort of on, along the lines of the Pianist, but not quite. That it was a a beautiful life. This is my answer. This is not on Reddit. Uh, a beautiful life. You ever seen that one? It's like an Italian. Or, yeah, the characters are all speak Ita- Italian. I have not. Good movie. Marley and Me. My family had a yellow lab. Okay, well. The end of Donnie Darko when his mom is smoking a cigarette oh, while yeah. leaning against that, a tree. That was, like, sad-ish, but it wasn't, like, falling, crying sad, I don't think. Gretchen and her exchange small waves. I cry like a little bitch. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, that was... uh. That was Ask Reddit about movies that made people cry. What, what about the notebook? Mondo, I wrote you a you letter know, I, every day for a year. I've never seen that movie. That's your. It, that's fine. It's a. It's a. It's like a romantic comedy, right? Or, or no, it, it's 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 like a. We're gonna write this for girls oh. so they get sad and, and emotional. It, it's. It was fine. You know what? It was fine. Is it one of those that like? 
like uh, it riles up women to like hating their 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 men or their boyfriends. Like I hate you because you're not this romantic. Is it no, one of those? no, it's more like it. So I'm trying to think of it's sort of like a wish fulfillment movie for for women in a certain uh. way because it's like so like guys wish for fulfillment is like. Oh, look at this. I could be this action guy with superpowers and blah, blah, blah. Like, very basic. The women wish fulfillment is like, oh, there's this, like, really hot, beautiful guy who's rich and he loves me and he wants to get married. But there's this other, like, even, like, hotter guy who he's kind of, like, rough around the edges. But, like, he loves me even more and he would do anything. Like, I have to choose between them. But then, oh, look at the tragedy. So, there's the whole thing. It's like... uh, if I if I remember, so the 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 male lead is Ryan Gosling, okay, who's like like the the main hot guy, and then I think it, I think it was James Marsden, was he was like the the James Marsden James Marsden why am I he he was Cyclops in like the oh, X Men yeah, yeah 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 and he's but, the I mean, rough his, around the edges guy no 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 he was he was like the he wasn't even really an antagonist exactly, if I remember. But he was he was like the safe, like rich guy. And he was, you know what? I remember watching the movie. I'm like, dude, that guy did nothing wrong. Like he was actually pretty chill. Like yeah, he was upset when <laughs> when his his like fiance dumped him for without with no notice. But you know, so Gosling's the rough around the edges. Yeah, Gosling's oh. the bad boy. Oh, so yeah, w- women's and, you know women want to be desired by multiple men, and they get to choose. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry for being a little bit of a chauvinist, but boo that movie or that kind of movie. Yeah, it was fine. I remember watching it because a, uh, a a girl I was dating was like, you've never seen The Notebook? How could you? And I was like, okay, I'll watch it. No problem. And I watched it. I'm like, <laughs> it, it was well enough made where I could enjoy it, but it was also hard for me to not make fun of it. That's how I felt about The Twilight movie series i i was dating this girl in long beach great girl good girl uh very sweet very kind. No, no. was she great or was she good both she was great and good yeah oh wow um not 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 uh that was you know, my own impression not, uh, Owen wilson impression wow not not a knock um she wasn't the most attractive girl but everything else about her was was awesome like she was really cool but anyway she made me she forced me into going to watch like the premiere of uh, one of the, one of the Twilight movies at the theater. I was like, "Oh God!" So we, you know, we had to go. To the, yeah, we had to go to like whatever midnight release or whatever the fuck of the movie. I was like, "Oh." She knew I didn't want to go, but what was really cool about it was, she goes to the concession stand to go go get us a couple of cokes, and then she sits down next to me and she opens up her purse and pulls out like a, a like not a flask but like a fifth of. Uh, I don't know, Jack Daniels or something, and gives me my Coke, and she's like, here. And she's like, I know you don't want to be here, but hopefully this makes it a little bit better. So I was like, oh, dude, you're a fucking awesome, thoughtful girlfriend. The Twilight movies for me were, well, I only saw the first one, but I thoroughly enjoyed it about the same way I enjoyed uh, Godzilla versus Kong, <laughs> where I'm like, this is so terrible, it's actually entertaining. I mean, I don't know if she can now, but I think the lead was Kristen Stewart. Yeah. Like, she could not act at all. And the dialogue was so bad, and like just the acting, and there are things that just make no sense. It's like, all right, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna have a scene where we play super vampire baseball, but we have to <laughs> we have to play when there's a thunderstorm because we we hit the ball so hard, and that would echo. I, I don't know. There was yeah, like yeah. some like loose rationale because they're like, yeah, it'd be fucking cool if vampires played super baseball in a 
thunderstorm <laughs> and it made no sense and i'm like just like watching it like <laughs> this is great and they're like, no, 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 it's, come on, this is an emotional, no, 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 I'm like, this is a comedy, they just don't know it, it should have been, though. So here we, we're going to move on to our, our next segment, sorry for not coming up with a clever transition, Aaron, so suck it. Have you seen this new show on Netflix? I hope you're prepared to describe to a, the rest of the degenerates, degenerates, let me, let me enunciate, stoned Sherlock and psychedelic Watson. Uh, hold on I mean so so first I mean we've we've been delving into a lot of these sort of cross genre movies to describe this one adequately at first I I I gotta take a couple tokes (laughs) because you can't really describe uh, a James Franco and Seth Rogen movie So wait, are you saying that James right. Franco? Are you saying that James Franco and Seth Rogen play Holmes and Watson, or are you just referring to them? Who, man? <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> no, nah, I'm just kidding. I, I don't get. I mean, I I can I can smoke, but I don't I don't get high. I can. Um, You're not doing it right then. What? You're not doing it right then. Doing what right? Getting high. No, I can smoke and I don't get high. Yeah, right. Um, what were we talking about? Stupid. <laughs> anyway, no, uh, for for real. We, by so- the way, Aaron is not smoking in my apartment. We, we, there is no smoking allowed. We would get, I would get into big trouble and or kicked out of this place if we were actually doing bad things here. Bro, I'm brain smoking. You gotta expand your perceptions of like reality. Okay, like open up your 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 third eye, not your brown eye, your third eye, Mondo. <laughs> And just like expand your mental possibilities of what's possible in this universe, man. Because if you don't, you're not gonna understand how this movie works. Okay. All right, got it. So you got so you got to be stoned or doing psychedelics to enjoy this movie. You just have to not be a fucking square like your mom. <laughs> oh God. You're such a such a square. Is that do people still say square? That's I don't like know. that's like from like back like when our parents. Well, maybe my parents, maybe not your parents. Um, my parents are a little bit older. But what were we talking about? Stone Sherlock and Psychedelic Watson. Yeah, I love that movie. <laughs> it's fucking awesome, dude. Um, so like like I was saying, like it was uh it's like a, a, a Judd Apatow uh production. Okay. Cause like he loves those fucking stoner movies. <laughs> I don't think he even smokes. Like that guy's a fucking square, but he oh, makes the best stoner movies. Apatow absolutely smokes weed. I'm 127% sure he smokes weed and his hot ass big boobied wife. What's her name? I forget. Her no, name. he can't have a big she's white. Big white women can't have big boobies. Mondo said I learned it oh, in God. the last episode. Hers are fake though, that's why. Oh, okay. See? See? How do you how do you know that, man? <laughs> um so anyhow, it's the Judd uh Judd Apatow of the Big Booby Fake Wife movie. Uh-huh. He's got a big booby with a fake wife. <laughs> it's true. We just learned. You guys learn stuff every day on Degenerates Podhouse. Um, Degenerates Podhouse? Yeah, man. <laughs> Stupid. So, oh, sorry. Um, so he cast like his two, like you know, his go tos when he needs uh, stoners. Man, he he. It's it's James. Franco, okay, not to be confused with Dave Franco, who has a super hot wife who's got real b- 
big boobies, man. Dave Franco's married? He's like 20 years old. <sighs> no, he just looks like it. He's like, uh-huh. he was like, they're like, let's di- let's divide up the Franco DNA like equally. Like we're going to give uh, James all like the crazy weird energy and he's going to be able to like see into the third dimension and like talk to the spirits and whatnot, commune with the all father. And Dave Franco, he's just going to like be good looking and not age ever. He's like 35 or something. Okay, and he's he's got a hot wife. Allison Brie. I don't know who that is. Oh, you don't know who Allison Brie is. You're missing out. I want to look her up. She is a wonderful, delightful comedic actress. I think she can do drama. She can probably do whatever she wants. She's like super talented and super hot. I, I loved her from a little show called Community. We're getting all off topic. How are we not super laser focused on this episode? Anyhow, in Community, she played a, a, a girl named Annie, and there was an episode of Community called Annie's Boobs because they got a pet monkey. I'm not making, I know it sounds like I'm just like on a stoner trip, but it's true. There was a monkey, and they named the monkey Annie's Boobs. After nice. Allison Bree's boobs, because they were glorious, and they they viewed it as a, a title of distinction and recognition, man. So anyhow, Allison Bree's not hot. She's oh. super hot. Fuck you. Potato, potato. I guess. Oh, if I wasn't a pacifist, I'd fight you right now. You she's piece not, of shit. I'm looking at her right now. She's not. I mean, she's pretty. Allison, she's, you don't even shh, wash your mouth out with soap. Okay. All right, sure. Don't talk bad about Allison Bree. All right. So anyhow, James Franco. Not as good looking or ageless as the younger brother, Dave Franco, but he can like, like I said, he can see into the sixth dimension. He can commune with the all father. So he is Sherlock Holmes. And of course, who are you going to cast as psychedelic Watson if you got James Franco as Stoner Holmes? Who would you cast, Armando? Uh, Seth Rogen, probably. Obviously. Yep. Obviously. I'm like Rogen. Obviously. Can you do the Seth Rogen laugh? <laughs> that was actually really good. No, Guys, no, everybody, no. everyone at home, stand awful. up. Armando did this. Is might be this might be our first Armando celebrity impression. I've done a bunch of terrible that was a ones. Horrible one. <laughs> that was actually really. Everyone at home, I want you to get up, get up out of no fucking do it. Like really, stand up in your seats and let's all just Armando a round of applause. Good job, man. So like the, that's that's Stoner Watson and psychedelic Holmes. The the way they have to catch criminals, right? Like, cause like regular Watson is like just like a doctor, and, and he's just like the the everyman to observe the greatness and brilliance of Sherlock Holmes. And like Sherlock Holmes uses his like deduction. He's like, oh, I see this like little like piece of lint on your 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 jacket, except it's the wrong color. And I know that there's a department store that has a nine ninety five off sale on coats. Because remember, this was like like back like they were like back in ancient London times, so you could get a coat for nine ninety five. Man, it's a bargain. And <laughs> but like like that piece of lint came from that coat, which means you were in that department. And he would like put all this stuff together, and then he would like he would like go go buy a coat because it was on sale. That's where he got those oh, gnarly coats. I, I, you know what? I this is why. Sorry to cut you off. This is where I'm confused because this. I see what you did now. I I said stoned Sherlock and psychedelic Watson, but you're going with psychedelic Sherlock and stoned Watson. What? Yeah, exactly. What are you talking about, man? You're crazy. Instead of having like 
like normal like Sherlock perceptive abilities. James Franco, when he's Sherlock, when he really tokes up, he can open his third eye, metaphorically speaking, and he can start to see things in a stoned way, right? Ah. So it's like you walk into a cafe and you just see stuff normal. You're like, oh, that dude's sitting down and there's that girl who's kind of, she's like slumped over reading a book, man. And, but like James Franco, AKA Stoner Holmes, he can, he can walk into a cafe and he just, he just pulls out a big blunt and like right already he's like making friends. That's cool. Like, you know, that's how cafes are, man. He's blunt. You pass her. But anyhow, he pulls it. He takes a big hit. And he's like, oh, that guy's slumped over. And that's probably because he was up all night, right? He had like a late night party sesh and he's hung over because he could just get in tune with that sort of energy, right? And he knows that girl's reading a book, but she's not really reading a book. She's been crying, right? Because she's all emotional because she probably got in a big fight with her boyfriend and he dumped her and like she she was just like like binging like like sad movies like The Notebook and Schindler's List which are like <laughs> completely equivalent. It's like basically the same movie if you get down to it. She was eating Ben and Jerry's ice cream. That's the other thing. Like James Franco as Stoner Holmes has like a sixth sense for Ben and Jerry's ice cream. He can just tell like if anyone in his vicinity has had Ben and Jerry's ice cream in the last 24 hours, he can know what flavor it was. And that's actually like a very valuable clue solving skill because he knows that she had Americone Dream and he knows that there's only like two stores that sell Americone Dream in the vicinity and one of them is where a murder was committed. So she's already a suspect, man, just because of his fucking crazy clue-solving Ben and Jerry sniffing powers. Do I am I sounding more and more like Shaggy? <laughs> yeah, kind of. I don't know. That's just where my I like Shaggy was a fucking clue-solving machine too. Yeah. They were they had that van which was tight. And guess what? Guess what? What? I don't what <laughs> I got you. No, they got they got a van too, but it's not it's not a it's not one of the white vans. The white vans are not not so good. They're you know what white vans have no chill because white vans they're either there to take you away for some uh, alone time in the asylum. That's not that's not chill, bro. Not chill. Or um you know they're 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 kitty diddlers. Kitty diddlers. Kitty, kitty diddlers. Then those are those are not. That's actually uh, not the mystery, fortunately, because that, that would be super not chill if Stoner Holmes and Psychedelic Watson were trying to catch a kitty diddler. That's that's you know what? That's not fun for the entire family, especially not for the, the the under ten age bracket. So like that's not on the table, man. So basically, what I'm trying to say is. Uh, they're trying to to solve this mystery that has nothing to do with kitty dealers because it's fucking terrible. But do you know who the arch nemesis is? I was going to ask you who the arch. I'm I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess. I could be wrong, but it would make sense for me at least that the arch nemesis would be played by Danny McBride. Well, yeah, hundred percent. Awesome. Obviously, <laughs> <What the fuck? laughs> like, I told you this is a Judd Apatow flick. Okay, cool. But do you know in the original Sherlock Holmes uh, series of stories and television shows, who is he playing? Bill, fucking, you're doing a Bill Cosby impersonation right now. Like, who, 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 
with Jello pudding. Oh, butter. <laughs> that guy was hilarious, and he was also a fucking monster. Man, it's uh, crazy. It's like it makes you think about the duality of humans, right? How could we be one thing and another thing at the same time? It fucking blows my gourd. Isn't the guy? Isn't the guy's name uh, Moriarty or something like that? Yeah, he's like he's like. Let me put it this way, like old Artie Conan Doyle, right? That's who wrote the, the original books, Artie? Artie Conan Doyle. Artie. That was the dude. And he was like he was like the first Marvel writer ever. Cause like Marvel's like, mm, okay, we've, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to come up with a bad guy for for Ant Man. What what should it be? It, uh, and the writers are like, uh, we'll make Ant Man, and it'll be like like Ant Man, and he's gonna have all the same powers, and it's gonna be like evil Ant Man. They're like, oh, that's good. And they're like, okay, okay, we're gonna have to do uh, Iron Man two, right? How, how do we do that? And they're like, well, okay, we're gonna make the bad guy like Iron Man, and he's gonna have Iron Man powers. And he's going to be like evil Iron Man. Oh, it's so good. And then they're like Thor, uh, Dark World 2, uh, Dark Elves. <laughs> what the fuck? They got into old James Franco's stash, I think, and got a little bit too high on that one. But this one, this one is tough because he's, he's when, when old Artie Conan Doyle did Sherlock Holmes, they're like, oh, we're just going to make like evil Sherlock Holmes. That's what I was... There was a point. You didn't think there was, you fuckers. You have some more faith in me. He was, uh, he was like evil Holmes. Like, he was like Holmes if he was like a master criminal, right? And he'd always have evil plots and configurations and it was, it was great. This is a little different because like in this movie, Stoner Holmes and Psychedelic Watson are like super chill. They're like, they're like a 20 out of 10 level chill, man. They're cool. They're cool. You just want to like hang out with them and like smoke a bud. But Moriarty is cocaine Moriarty. Oh shit. So like <laughs> he's got like a whole different type of energy. And it's tough because like when a super chill a super detective is on that like that like gamma wavelength. And then he's got to go against a coked up villain on an alpha wavelength. It's an epic battle, man. It's crazy. So, I, I, and I really, I really thought Danny McBride was like, like prime for that. Like no one can play a coked out supervillain quite like Danny McBride. Cause I think he was method acting. If I got to be honest, <laughs> I think they were all method acting. I think Jared Leto was like, holy shit. These boys are committed, man. Yeah, <laughs> Mondo, your, your your impression was I'm good. Stand, <laughs> I'm not going to stand up this time, but I'm I'm I'm, I'm applauding. I, I can't do it. I can't do it justice. But he's got a very unique <laughs> something like that. That was good. Um, I didn't. I for a second I thought I was Seth. Are you in the room? Holy shit! That was uh that was new on Netflix. Uh, Stone Sherlock and Psychedelic Watson, but did you see the real show on Netflix? Actually, I know the answer because we saw it together. I'm I'm a little. Sc- I want to stop doing this voice, man, but I don't know if I can. <laughs> 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 All right, <laughs> I need um, to like snap out of it. Like like, what, have you ever seen uh, ventriloquist? Not ventriloquist. Uh, hypnotist shows where like they turn them into a chicken and then they have like a, a safe word that like snaps them out of it. Mm-hmm. What 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 would my my. my uh, my trigger ward be that would snap me out of it from that bit. Mm, I don't know. Don't put me on the spot like that. I can't come up with shit like that. You can't come up with a, a one word. Uh, Wiener schnitzel. What? Oh my god, Mondo, where was I? 
Exactly. <laughs> well, this is crazy. <laughs> I was I was here, and you were setting up the the, uh, the new on Netflix episode, and now I'm now I'm I'm still exactly right where I was, and I don't know how I understand that that much time passed because from my perspective everything looks exactly the same, but somehow I know that like maybe like fifteen or twenty minutes has gone by, and I feel different. Anyhow, what were you saying? Show we watched. We started watching when I. The first week I was uh, out here in uh, Colorado, I live with Aaron in his, uh, I guess, their parents' uh, spare study room, and I had my little bed. But we would, every night, we would, you know, watch a, an episode of here or there of some random TV show. We started watching a show called Resident Alien, whose main character is played by Alan Tudyk. Uh, what what do you think about that show? What what, what do you without kind of going too far into the because you've watched fewer episodes? Yeah, than I, I saw four, and I and I watched it through the very finality finality. You, you watched the whole first season. Yeah, yeah, I watched the whole first season exactly. Um, what do you think about the first three four episodes that you saw? What do you what do you like? What do you don't like? So first, it's just an amazing showcase for Alan as a uh, as a. Cr- comedic actor right like yeah. that he carries that whole show on his back if you thought it, you know if you've seen him something else and you're like wow you know i think he's funny but he's always he's always been usually like a kind of like a side character or a supporting character mm-hmm. if you guys remember uh dodgeball he was pirate steve Arr! if you're not a pirate who am i gonna share this chest of gold with like he was pirates i mean he was funny in that movie he was great in Firefly, which we've discussed uh, on this show before, also in the movie Serenity. But he's always been sort of a... Um, Trivia, what was his character's name in Firefly? Wash. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was, like, it was His full name was something Washburn, it's and they Ho- called him Wash. Hoburn, Hoban Washburn, or something like that. Something with an H. Um, Weird name. He, he's never, at least that I can think of, never had the opportunity to carry you know, a series or movie by himself. This whole thing hinges on his his ability to act like someone who is not a human trying to be, pretend to be a human, and he, he, he like his mannerisms, his facial expressions absolutely make the show. So it's like without him turning in a, a phenomenal performance, I, this show would just not work at all. So for those first four episodes, like to me, like that was the best part, and I I thought he did a phenomenal job, and it was like worth the price of admission. And then I started to get, like, once I kind of got to see him do his thing, I, I became a little bit less interested with the actual, like, plot and development they were going on. Even if you only watched the first episode, I think it's worth it just to see the performance that he gives because it was excellent. So the, the kind of general gist of the premise of this, the show that, um, you know, we haven't um, mentioned yet, but basically Alan Tudyk's character is an alien from a different, you know, planet world universe something and he's sent to earth to on a mission uh, uh, what mission it is i'm not going to re- we're not going to reveal or get into but he's sent on a mission to go to earth and do something he gets there and um his his is his, uh his spacecraft crashes and it crashes somewhere in colorado i'm forgetting what the hell the it's a fictitious city in colorado i think it was called like paradise colorado or some funky um, fictitious city name in Colorado. Anyways, he crash lands. He then kills one of its residents that's kind of like living off on a like like cabin in the middle of the woods. He kills this 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 person, and then he like morphs his 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 entire body, his facial features. He takes on the basically the 
the, the characteristics, the physical characteristics of this person that he kills. And, and I know it sounds kind of like, uh, like too severe, too grim, but, uh, no, it's not. It turns, it turns funny because here's, here's this alien played by, uh, Alan Tudyk who's, um, taken over the body of a human being. And he's basically interacting with all these other residents of this fictitious Colorado city. And, um, kind of having to learn to become or at least pretend to be a human, like trying to play off like he is this human. Um, meanwhile, he's trying to still carry out this mission um, that, you know, but uh, but it's funny. There's there's several, there's a lot more humor in the show, a couple other good actors and actresses actresses in it. But yeah, Alan Tudyk does a very good job of playing like, like he is an, an alien trying to figure out what it is to be human and and uh, yeah, a lot of, a lot of funny funny things happen in the in the show. Um, some serious stuff too. He ends up dating a character, <laughs> which has its own funny moments as well. I, I just remember him trying to figure out how to smile. Yeah, I was like, dang, I don't think it's a good thing that I really relate to this character right now. Because <laughs> oh wow, I was I almost slipped back into the the stoner persona right there. Um, <laughs> But it's it's funny. You don't think about it, right? Like you just learn to smile from seeing people around you. Like as a little kid, it's just sort of like monkey see, monkey do. But uh, you know, my 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 dad in particular like never smiled. I guess my my mom did a little bit more, but like certainly not for pictures. She hated getting her picture taken. So I never really got like a, a natural kind of like on command smile. Like when someone be you know smile for a picture, I'm like I don't I don't understand understand how this works so i remember trying to like figure out how to smile for a picture <laughs> in a mirror and i'm like no i look insane no this is now like a serial killer like and, and watching him kind of go through those facial manipulations where he's trying to figure out i'm like oh no why do i relate so closely to an alien <laughs> doesn't understand how humans work fuck can't be good. Outside of uh, Alan Tudyk's character, did you have any other characters that you kind of really liked that you were like, ah, that's a good character. I kind of like that one. I don't think so. I, I like the uh, the black sheriff guy. He's like, what's he? He's like, they call me Big Black or whatever. I, th I thought the actor who played him did a good job. Yeah. I felt like the character was a little bit too one note. Like maybe, maybe he gets more developed later because that was when I did only see the first four episodes. But like... You know what? Actually, no, no, no. That is the character I liked. His deputy. Oh, the uh, I enjoy kind of heavy set woman. She was yeah. a little bit more nuanced. It was yeah. yeah. I mean that that, that dynamic. Um, you know, it's been played out probably better in some other series, but she she was a very competent. Uh, you know, a deputy where she had a, she was more clued in. You know, than than the, the sheriff. But yeah, she's kind of heavy set woman, a little bit quiet. You know, not not very uh, self assured. And then you have this sort of loud, overbearing boss she was she was a character that had a little bit more nuance and was also kind of funny so i, I liked her they uh they actually because because again aaron only saw the first four i saw the entire thing they actually develop her character a little bit more not a whole ton more um she plays a kind of a a little bit more of an important part here and there in some other episodes she was a good one i also like the um the 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 bartender chick that he eventually like dates for a while the mm -hmm. the she was a good um she was funny she had a lot of like funny like she she plays kind of like a party girl kind like a reform party girl kind of um that happens to be a bartender a barback and 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 just you know falls in love with the alien character or the guy i guess doesn't know he, she, they don't know he's an alien but yeah that was a 
that was that was another good character I enjoyed. Funny show. Was it in, was it on actual Netflix or what the fuck? No, no. I, don't, I don't remember how we found it. Oh, you know what? No, it was on Sci-Fi. That's what it was. It was on Sci-Fi, the the Sci-Fi Network or the Sci-Fi Channel or whatever it's called. But uh, I I enjoyed it. It was funny. I I you know I took the time to watch the other episodes. Um, Aaron asked me uh, what he, what I thought about the rest of the season, and without giving him any spoilers, the way I described it was, you know, most other uh, series. When they decide to finish a season, they leave you with like a pretty big cliffhanger that makes you like, oh shit, I can't wait till season two comes out. They did a, they did also leave a cliffhanger at the end of season one, but it wasn't like that big of a cliffhanger that makes you like, like it drives you to like, oh, I can't wait till season two comes out. I really want to know what happens here, here, here. They kind of come up with a, they tidy it up, they finish it up, kind of a nice little neat package, but there is there is a kind of a cliffhanger thing that makes you like, okay, they're going somewhere else. If they do a season two, they're going somewhere else with the rest of the show. You know, I, I can't, I can't tell you for a fact that when, if, and when season two gets made, I'm going to be like, Oh, I can't wait. I, I, I'm, I'm going to tune in. I may watch it. Who knows? We'll see. But uh, season one was good. I liked it. May I interject with sure. a, a recommendation for another show? Sure. This is an older show. It's currently available all I think seven seasons, no, eight seasons. Holy crap, eight seasons on Prime Video. And this is one of the few, it's, it's also a comedy. It's funny, when we were talking about Resident Alien, I was like, you know what, this is, this is a, a comedy. And I was just telling you about this uh, earlier when we were, we were getting uh, walking back from lunch. It's a show called Psych. And it was one of the USA shows um, you know, on the, on the cable network. And it's one of the few shows that I've ever seen, though, where it started off good, and then it was really good through all eight series uh, uh, seasons, and the finale was like good. It didn't like leave you wanting more, and and it really did the season, uh, the whole show justice. And basically, the premise of Psych is there's this sort of uh, ne'er do well character, Sean Spencer, kind of f- you know flitting through life on uh, you know some some jokes, not taking anything particularly seriously. But he was raised. By his father, played by Corbin Burnson, who's this sort of like hard-edged, like former police detective who's now retired. And when he was bringing him up, he was trying to train him to be like the best cop ever. And so he'd quiz him. You know, they'd be in a restaurant, and he'd put a blindfold over you know little Sean's eyes and be like, "Okay, how many people in this restaurant are wearing hats?" And then you'd have to say where they were. And so he basically was just teaching him to be very observant. So, so if I remember, I mean, it's been so long since I saw anything from the first season. But the way it opens is Sean Spencer is watching a cable news broadcast about a crime. And he sees something. He's like, you know, he has this sort of like d- deductive power. And I remember the way that they would signify that. Would they sort of like highlight the thing? And, and there was like a sound effect that would go. So you could say, oh, he's using his deduction power. And he figured out, oh, this is who killed, you know, killed this person. And he would call. He called in a tip. And then they thought he had something to do with it because they're like, oh, there's no way he could have known that. To to get himself out of trouble, he makes up a ridiculous lie, which is very in keeping with that character. And he tells them that he's a psychic. They, they bring him along to, like, test him, and, and he basically gets himself uh, enrolled as a police consultant, as a psychic detective. And it's, it's you know, him and his best friend Gus, played by Dooley Hill, you know, solving a series of mysteries. And it's it's actually, the great part about the show is on a comedy level, it's, it's really well done. Like, the jokes are funny. There's, you know, running bits that they did for 
eight years that they managed to keep fresh and still funny. And as a detective show, it's actually good. They're like crimes where it actually, you know, they make sense. And when you look at it, you see they're really well constructed. And one of the also other great things about the show is as they progressed, they got more and more comfortable with doing like genre mashups where, you know, one would be, okay, this is like the horror show. And the one where I, it absolutely, I remember I was laughing the whole, whole way through was they did Psych the Musical. Oh, no. Where I thought, yeah, I thought, it, first of all, like the, it opens where they start singing. There's like an opening number. I'm like, I cannot believe they're doing this. And then they just, they just did it the whole way through. Is it, a, a, you know, a musical? The first, I think, if I remember, the first musical number was probably the most elaborate. And one of the other, the other great parts was if I remember, Sean was, was obsessed with the, uh, the Rat Pack and the movie The Breakfast Club. That was just like a running gag. But it got referenced so many times that they managed to get every actor from The Breakfast Club to at least come on the show for an episode. But like Ali Sheedy and Anthony Michael Hall actually became recurring characters on oh. the show. Um, and the only, the only, oh, I'm going to give, well, I kind of gave it away, but the only person from The Breakfast Club that didn't come on the show was Emilio Estevez because... What? I guess he just hates joy and laughter. I he was think. doing. Uh, he was too busy uh, doing Mighty Duck sequels. I, I guess <laughs> that takes a lot of uh, a lot of time. That show, like I said, I've never seen one of those shows where it's like I said, it started off good. I, if I remember, like the first episode was pretty good, and then from the second episode all the way through, is consistently good to the last season. Usually, those shows will kind of trail off; they'll get weaker. Like that's just the way it goes. Not psych. I highly, highly recommend it, and uh, it, it's a show that sometimes, like, if I just need a little pick-me-up, I'm like, you know what? I just want to feel happy. I want to feel some genuine mirth. I will go <laughs> and watch that show. You know when I last felt genuine mirth? Oh, you watched Psych Season 3? No, no, no. Dang. Last night. We were watching the UFC. Last night. It was when it was when Chris Weidman shattered his leg. No, You're like, no. that is hilarious. So last night, Aaron and, uh, and I watched uh, UFC 261 featuring uh, Masvidal versus Usman two. Um, hey hey, Usman versus Masvidal two. Put what? some respect on his name. Fuck that guy. Anyway, uh, the first time they fought, um, notoriously, like uh, Masvidal had like I don't know a couple weeks to cut twenty pounds. Six days. Six, six days to cut twenty pounds. Um, the whole thing was he's for this fight. He was like, okay, now that I have a full camp, I'm going to fucking end this guy violently, blah, 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 blah. He sold the fight. Well, they both sold the fight very well. He was going to baptize him. Masvidal, AKA street Jesus. Yeah. It looks like, uh, that was the only fight of the night where we didn't get a good, uh, um, streaming uh, <laughs> quality for the for the fight. Oh fuck! You know what? I forgot about that. I, that hypothetical situation that I was talking about. Yeah, yeah. At the beginning, that was something completely else. I forgot that even happened. Dang. Yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, go ahead. Lying sack of shit. Anyway, Masvidal got knocked out. But anyway, what I was so what I was saying about the whole mirth thing was I was super super happy that Rose Namajunas beat uh, Zhang Wei Li. Uh, I I a lot of people uh, knew that it was going to be a very tough fight, if not. Uh, a very almost near impossible hill for Rose to climb. I was not one of those doubters. I I, I saw like a glimmer, a chance that Rose could beat um, Zhang Wili, and she did via beautiful head kick uh, that was set up by um, Aaron. And I watched kind of the replays. 
well, if you remember though, when I gave my my analysis, I was like, I think Rose is going to win handily in the first half of the fight, right. and then you know, uh, Whaley will win the second half, and it's really a question of like how how long Rose can. You know, because it's not going to be exactly in half. It's not like they're going to get to the, the uh, you know, 12 and a half minute mark and then all of a sudden it drops off. So it's like, where where is that place where that momentum shifts and how well can Rose hold on? And Rose was like, ha ha, I play my, my trick card. I'll, I'm just going to dominate like completely and just win in the first, like, what was it, two minutes? I don't remember. Not even that. Yeah. That's a smart, she, she was like, I, I, I got a hack for this whole dynamic. If we don't get to the second half, then I don't ever have to get beat up. It was uh, it was set up beautifully. You know, there was a lot of kicks. Rose threw quite a few kicks. The the kick it, it uh, looked like uh, it looked like Wei Li was trying to uh, take a step back from accepting or catching a kick with her legs, like with her shins. And as she was taking kind of like this this step backwards, she kind of hunched over. So her face, her her upper body kind of basically leaned into the kick that Rose was eventually throwing, uh, caught her in the side of the head, and Willie was uh, rocked. Well, and you know what it was actually a lot like? was uh, it, it, it reminded me of John Jones' Daniel Cormier 2, where the same thing happened. John Jones had been going to the body with leg kicks a bunch, he said, he, he, you know, he really put the time in and set that up and he, it, he starts to throw a kick and Cormier thought he was going to the body. So he kind of like dipped down mm-hmm. to try to cover his ribs, which unfortunately John Jones was going to the head. So instead of dipping down and covering his ribs, he just dipped his head right into the kick. Yeah. The difference was John had put in two rounds of work kind of setting that up, really, really making Cormier a little gun shy towards that kick, you know, inspiring that action. I don't, it just doesn't seem like Rose, I mean, she set it up a little bit, but I don't think that was a, a reaction that was completely earned by Wei Lee. But the tricky thing, man, Rose is so fast and she's, she does have a, very long legs for that, that, uh, yeah. weight class. And that's, that's one thing that I hadn't, I never fully appreciated about Amanda Nunes because I think, uh, the, you know, there, there's a way to evaluate female fighters purely on like a you know technical and skill based level, but just having like raw finishing power is not that common in women's MMA. And when a, when a fighter has that with kicks or punches, that just completely changes the dynamic. And there's a lot a lot of fighters who are used to that. So some of those small mistakes where it's like yeah, against someone else, maybe Wei Li has that same reaction, and she gets kicked, and she's a little wobbly for a second, and she keeps fighting. Against Rose, that was it. Yeah. Done deal. Uh, Whaley initially was kind of contesting it. She was really pissed off at the judge or at the ref. She, she thought it was stopped early, but even while she was protesting it, like, she couldn't even stand upright without, like, wobbling to and fro. So it was it was clear that it was a good stoppage. Yeah, she and was still she's also she's incoherent as well. Yeah. I couldn't understand a word she was saying. <laughs> You're a fucking idiot. It was just like straight up gibberish. I mean, uh, nose Rose kicked her so hard she couldn't speak English. So yeah, I uh, very very happy for Rose Namajunas. The story lends lends itself to being like kind of like one of those heartfelt like good for you moments. It was really cool too uh, to find out that she she lives in Westminster, and and then apparently Justin Gates she lives here in the city of Lakewood where I live. I'd like to know if he's a neighbor of mine so I can. 
maybe uh, accompany him on a run or something. I know he'd probably like outlast me on a jog or whatever, but still it'd be kind of cool to be like, Hey bro, I love you, man. That that's exactly what he, what he, when he, cause he, he's probably a fight away from, from, uh, you know, getting to fight for the title. If, if not, you know, the next in line, he's always exciting to fight, to watch. And what he needs really to motivate him and push him to the, ne- what got a little too close to the microphone and push him to the next level. I got excited. Just like Justin Gaethje will be when he's got Armando Ramirez pace setting <laughs> for him. Yeah. He's just, you're going to, you're going to be uh, like Mickey to his Rocky. Who, who are we kidding? I think I'd be the one fucking like, he would be the one pushing me. Cause I'd be the one fucking dying like halfway yes. through or whatever. We uh, you know what didn't give me nice butterflies, like nice, good, happy vibes yesterday was watching Chris Weidman. Get his leg snapped in half. Ugh. That was gross, and it was heartbreaking to see. Uh, you know the way it happened, and and kind of a callback to how he did the same to Anderson when he checked one of Anderson Silva's kicks, and Anderson's leg snapped in half. For it to happen to Chris, it was like, oh no! And you could tell Uriah Hall was like not happy about it. He was he was bummed out for Chris Weidman, very uh, respectful, and um, you know I, I know he doesn't like that win it's not a win he's proud of yeah i hope uh, i hope weidman can get his leg back you know uh soon and recover um you were saying yesterday maybe he should retire yeah i mean i i he doesn't need to do anything more in in mma he's he's been champion he's he's dethroned the guy that was thought to be impossible to beat in anderson silva um great fighter great wrestler he doesn't need to do anything else just just recover um, retire, take care of your family, wish you a speedy recovery. Uh, were there any other fights that you saw that kind of stood out for you yesterday? Well, I mean, so there, there were two freak injuries. Um, yeah. the, the fight right before that w- was another freak injury. I, I wonder if it's, so, so what happened, that was a little bit different. The, the, uh, the uh, fighter who was injured was Jimmy Crute, and he re- all, it was also off of a leg kick, but he was not the one giving the leg kick. He was receiving the leg kick, and instead of landing on the shin, it, the kick landed more on the side of the leg, right on the perennial nerve. And when that that happens, it just shuts off like all function of the ankle. Like you you can't flex it, you can't move. So he's just his ankle was was uh, not stabilized at all, and just looked like uh, jelly. That was a little bit crazy, but we've seen like two or three of those in more recent fights. And I wonder if it's at the point where fighters have figured out that that's a weak spot and they're actually targeting it. Yeah, they've been doing that for a bit now, right? Um, but the the fight that stood out to me the most, because I mean, it defied all expectations, was Kamaru Usman knocking out uh, George Masvidal. Because I remember before the fight, we were we were talking, and I was like, "Man, this could be a bad dynamic because I think Usman's going to try to finish him. Like Usman just does have a chip on his shoulder, and I get like he he literally has an immigrant mentality. He's is an immigrant. He you know came to the U.S. when he was eight. Uh, one of the stories that that kind of came out was uh, another uh, another. Well, he at the time was an, a UFC fighter. Ben Askren kept calling him Marty from Nebraska, <laughs> and it sounded it sounds funny because he's like, "What? That's his name. It's Marty from Nebraska." And you, but when I, you find out the whole uh, origin of that story was Kamaru Usman, you know, as a, as you know, little he was little, he was undersized, uh, you know, I guess in high school, this little kid, and he you know gets talked into going out for wrestling, 
And the coach was like, what's your name? He's like, Kamaru. And, and this is, you know, fucking, I don't know, somewhere in the Midwest. I don't know if it was Nebraska or somewhere else. But this coach is like, oh, I can't, I can't say that name. Your name's Marty now. I'm just going to call you Marty. It's like Kunta Kinte shit right there, <laughs> right? Like, it's like, Kamaru? No, your name is Marty now. Like, I'm going to, I want like a, a, you know, whitest sized version of Kamaru that I can say easier because it's too hard for me to learn this three syllable name. Is it, yeah, three, three, Kamaru. Yeah, three syllables. When you think about that, I'm like, yeah, man, I can see from that story all the way through his career how this guy has a chip on his shoulder. Um, but so when we were talking, I'm like, man, because of that chip, I feel like he's going to try to finish George Masvidal to prove a point. Because last time the fight went five rounds, he didn't like really ever break him. Like Masvidal was still there just grinning at him the whole time. And it was like, yeah, it was six days notice. And I was I was worried that might be a bad dynamic for old Kamaru, a.k.a. Marty from Nebraska. My, my esteemed co-host... Mr. Armando Ramirez is like, well, I, I, he can't finish him, can he? I was like, what? What do you mean? He's like, yeah, he can't finish him. How how would he finish him? And I was like, well, I mean, for one, he could just knock him out. And Armando said, no, what did you say? You remind me. I can't remember. I don't remember. <laughs> I, I didn't like, I, I don't, obviously I didn't like the result. I was going for Masvidal. I liked the underdog story. Oh, oh no, no, fuck you. Let me finish my story. Okay. Well, it's kind of going longer than. But basically, I was like, yeah, he could knock him out. And Armando's like, well, yeah, he doesn't have that sort of power. And as it turned out, it looks like he does. So the only part about that fight that I enjoyed that was that was funny for me, and I think funny for you as well, was during the walkout, there was a big, tall oh, uh, African-American <laughs> gentleman, kind of uh, part of the entourage, couldn't quite tell who the hell it was. For one second, we thought it was going to be Nganu, and then like another second, we're like, no, that can't be him. And another second later, he started dancing and we're like, no, I thought that's definitely not Nganu because there's no way Nganu moves that well. Like he was doing a really, he was, he was dancing very, very yeah. well. This is, this is Francis Nganu, the current heavyweight champion who's like cuts down to 265 pounds and is just a solid mass of muscles and biceps. So anyways, uh, it turned out it was uh, Francis Nganu. It was kind of hard to tell because again, he was kind of like off on the wings and it was real dark and Nganu is like, the guy's made uh, his skin is like onyx. It's like black. It's it's blacker than black. And uh, but yeah, it turned out it wasn't Ganu. They're uh, they're African. Uh, uh, Would you say compatriots? Brothers. Patriot. Yeah, that's, sure. That's how they referred to each other. This is my brother. And uh, yeah, so so it was uh, that that was the only that was the highlight of the Masvidal Usman fight for me was trying to figure out if that was Ganu or not. I think I think Francis gets corner man of the year. Yeah, he's hey dude, he's got good moves. Yeah. I we we I joked yesterday during the uh, during that fight. I go, you know what? If if I didn't like I didn't like or appreciate when Izzy came out that one time with the kind of choreographed dance. I thought that was a little too hokey, too phony. But but if Nganu were to come out doing something like that, I would be like all for it because a I actually like Nganu, and b seeing this giant fucking massive man dancing and dancing well. Would be very very uh, fun to watch. So yeah, UFC 261. A very. Would you say that the main card was a very very good main card on the whole, outside of the kind of tragedy with Weidman? No, I couldn't really like. No, you didn't like it. I did not really enjoy the main card. One because those those two injuries, particularly Weidman, were were kind of present for me the whole time. Yeah. And then 
even like the main fights, like they just the you know the 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 top two fights ended so quick where it was like, you know, I'm I'm happy for Rose. I I think both Rose and Wei Li, um, you know, seem like pretty good people, and I wasn't gonna be, uh, you know, celebrating either one of their demises. But I'm like, that's fucking cool. Like Rose, you know, Rose is basically she's local. Like I'm I'm happy that she won, but the fight was over so quick. Like I would have like to be able to see both of them sort of showcase their their abilities and skill sets a little bit more. So that that was while I was happy for Rose, um, that wasn't a, a completely satisfying fight for me, and I'd say kind of the same thing in, in the the main event. Well, I unlike Aaron enjoyed the car, the fight card, good fights. You know what? You know probably why you don't feel that way. Also because you uh, you missed some of the prelims. I don't want I don't want to get into them, but there was actually some really good prelims with like little to no name fighters that put on fantastic performances. Mm-hmm. So for me, I'm looking at the entire thing, not just the main card. Yeah, again, the the Crute thing and the Weidman thing sucked. I wasn't too happy with the result of the Usman Masvidal thing, like I said before. But but good card. I enjoyed it. I, I, my $60 was well spent. Wink, wink. <laughs> well, I mean, we, we split it, so $30. Oh, yeah, yeah, 30, 30. I paid 30 and, and, and Aaron paid 30 Yeah. I, I did make a conscious decision, though, because, like, I, going into the card, I'm like, all right, I'm not going to talk about my own health stuff. I'm going to forget about that. I'm just going to enjoy the card. And then when, when Weidman shatters his leg, all of a sudden I'm like, okay, they're going to have to do surgery tomorrow. Like he's going to have to have probably an emergency surgery, all this. And now I'm fucking thinking about getting surgeries again. And I brought I brought my own stuff up. And I'm like, no, no, no. I don't care what happens for the rest of the fight. Like uh, I, I just, I'm just gonna, not going to – I'm going to put all that out of my mind. And I think I successfully did that. You didn't talk about it during the fight. Because I think you got it, most of it out of your system on the hike. Yeah. Yeah. We were on our hike. It was it was a it was one of the heavier topics while we were walking with uh, with good old Finn, Finn of the jungle, as I like to refer to Finn, him. Finn of the mountains. Sure. Put, put some respect on his name. Oh God. Finn of the Finn of the snowfields. Okay. How, how funny! So my my I got a little snow dog. And he, we, it was war- pretty warm out when we were walking, very mm-hmm. sunny. But there are these tiny little patches of snow, and he just went right to those and would shove his face in it. Yeah, and he was when he got thirsty, he was even lapping some of the ice up. And yeah, I don't have anything else to add. Good week for me as a whole. Uh, I it really, for me, it really capped beautifully with you know the hike, uh, the UFC fights. My cousin, uh, David, shout out to David Rotana, sends me a, uh, he works at a company that sells a lot of sporting uh, equipment, gear, you know, plates, dishes, whatever. And he uh, he surprised me by, by UPSing me a kind of like an ice cooler bag that's uh, Chargers themed. Man, I appreciate it so much. It's going to be used for sure when I'm out and about in my truck and need something to keep my like lunches cool or cold. Um, thank you, David. And uh, anybody else who wants to send me or Aaron free shit, feel free. <laughs> uh, I don't have anything else to add. Do you? Yeah. No, I just had like 20 or 30 more minutes okay. uh, where I wanted to sort of really describe Usman knocking Masvidal out in detail and how I would have experienced that emotionally if uh, that ruined a parlay bet for me. So um, <laughs> <laughs> it did ruin a parlay bet for me, you fucker. I just no. I So, so if you guys want to stick around for that, I'm really going to. I'm really going to dive deep in, into that. Um, maybe we'll release that as a bonus episode. Asshole. But if not, uh, that was all I had to talk about. And thank you for joining us for another exciting episode 
A Degenerates Clubhouse. The, the, sorry, The Degenerates Pod House. Pod, pod, <laughs> pod Clubhouse thing? Anyways, thanks for listening. Talk to you guys next week. Hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Bye-bye. Later, bros. Bros, bros. <laughs> you had to do it with your Scooby stoner voice. Hey, everyone. Mondo here. I just want to take the time to say on behalf of myself and Aaron that we appreciate everyone who's taken the time to listen to our podcast. We know there's hundreds of thousands of podcasts to choose from, but you took some time out of your day to listen to us ramble on. Please share our podcast, like and subscribe, follow us on all our social media platforms and all that jazz. Whether you love us, hate us, agree with our opinions or disagree, we still love you.